Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. Something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Or do you need more? Is there something else you're searching for? I'm falling. In all the good times I find myself longing for change And in the bad times I fear myself you tired trying to fill that void or do you need more ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore and i'm falling in all the good times i find myself longing for Bad times I fear myself And all of the deep end watches I dive in And I'll never meet the ground Crash to the surface where they can't hurt us We're far from the shallow now In the shallow in the shallow, in the shallow, we're far from the shallow now.
Man, sometimes that's preaching enough in itself right there. Um, thank you, worship team. That's just so powerful, um, so powerful. If you've got a Bible, let's go to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, we're going to talk about the shallow today. It's my prayer that um, God's going to use this today to bring peace to your world. I don't know where you're at, what's happening. If you'd stand, we're going to read this together. Stand in honor of God's word. Luke chapter 5. If you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to download a couple good apps for you. Um, version is a great app. Also, Bible Hub. I use both of those. And uh, we are in a season of prayer and fasting right now. I, I'm just telling you, like Wednesday, we had our night of worship and prayer. And I was like, God is so faithful. When we show up, he shows up. And he showed up Wednesday night in, and, um, well, I'm not even going to share it. I hope, I, I'm going to be sharing something, I hope, in the next um, few weeks. Those of you that were there, get excited. You know what I'm talking about. I believe God has heard our prayer, and, and we're going to see what God does. And some of y'all, you weren't there and like, what happened? What just, what happened? Listen, he is here now. And his presence is here, and his presence means peace. Oh, man, tell somebody that right now. Come on, turn to somebody tell them. His presence means peace. His presence means peace. Turn to somebody and tell them this, shalom, shalom. Uh, in Judaism, for thousands of years, that's their, been their greeting. When they see each other, they say shalom. It means peace be with you. And so we're going to talk a little bit about peace today. So we're in the season of prayer and fasting. You heard about this earlier. This Friday is our last Friday fast. If you don't get the um, text or email updates, sign up on a Next Step card for that. We're in our anniversary series, though, called Playlists, when we take songs from the radio and then I preach about them. And if you're new and you're like, what is this all about? Why are we doing this? Um, it's, it's really just comes personally out of my own life because my background, if you don't know this, my background, I did morning shows on the radio for like 18 years before I was ever a pastor. And uh, it wasn't on Christian radio, um, whatever that means. Uh, it was on uh, secular radio, whatever that means. And, and I say that, I say that because those of you, if you're, if you're not new, you know this, uh, how I feel about music. Uh, I get it. I get the labels, but there are only two types of music, okay? There's two types of music. Music that honors God and music that does not honor God. That's it. It either honors God or it doesn't honor God. Uh, Christian, non-Christian, whatever, whatever it might be. And so I, I um, spent most of my years in radio, in rock and roll, and then I did a little bit of country. Anybody, how many rock and roll people we got in the house? You like rock and roll? Where's my country people? Country people. All right. Uh, hopefully you were here last week, man. We brought out the Chris Stapleton last week. Yeah. So uh, this is what series is about, songs that we take from the radio. And, and then we are looking at our core values. We do this every anniversary. We look at our core values. And we look at them through the filter of these, of these songs. And our core values, our mission and vision as a church is not something we made up on our own. It we comes from the words of Jesus, Matthew 22. Can you say this with me? This is, this is who we are as a church. Jesus said this, what? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So I believe God is, is taking these values that we have 
and he is helping us to get them deep embedded within us so that we can take the hope, healing, peace, and purpose into our world. It means nothing if we just keep it to ourselves. I, 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 I'm so pumped for you because I know that we are a people who say, who is it? I mean, when I look at the back, everybody turn around, look at the names on the wall back there. Just turn around, you see the prayer wall back there. Is that not great? That's only a few of them. There's so many people that we're all praying for that don't know Jesus. I talk to pastors, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm gonna get myself out in trouble just because I'm taking too much time, but I talk to pastors and, um, and they're constantly frustrated because their church uh, doesn't ever think about people that don't know Jesus. And I don't know how to relate to that because you guys are so passionate about people coming to know Jesus, so much so that you spur me on, you encourage me. Oh, that's right, yeah, I, I, I can stay in the game and keep praying. I wanna encourage you, just keep praying, keep praying. Pray Jesus over your children, Jesus over your spouse, Jesus over your mom and dad, Jesus over your neighbors and your coworkers. Just pray that, if you don't know what to pray, just pray the name and the power and the presence of Jesus over them. That's how you got here. When we said that question, hey, how'd you get here? You know how you got here? Jesus. Did someone invite you? Yes. But I can tell you this, if they didn't invite you, guess what was gonna happen? Somebody somewhere was gonna invite you. Don't think for a moment, man, if I don't share Jesus, they're gonna end up in hell. You can't say that because that makes you Jesus. That makes you the savior. You don't have to share Jesus. You don't have to do it. Nobody's gonna go to hell because you don't share Jesus. Are you gonna be held for an accountability for that on judgment? Yes, Jesus will hold you accountable for not sharing what he has given to you, but nobody's gonna go to heaven like Bob's like, seriously, you didn't tell me? Now I'm over here. Thanks, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Tom, appreciate you. No, it doesn't work that way. But think about this. You, you're, you're walking in heaven and you look over and somebody is in heaven and you know why they are there because you shared with them and through the power of God, their life was transformed and heaven is populated because I was obedient. I haven't even started preaching. Y'all give me, I haven't even started yet. This is what happens when we have a night of worship and prayer. It just does. When we're praying and fasting. Some of y'all will be like, we need to stop praying and fasting in this church because he preaches way too long. He gets way too fired up. <laughs> I would preach a lot shorter if we just didn't do nights of worship and prayer and no fasting, just cut it off. We have 20 minute sermons. We can all get on out of here and go home. So our core values all come out of that scripture and they are these, say these with me. Hope for the heart, healing for the soul, peace of mind, and purpose in the world. So let's talk about peace of mind. Let's talk about um, shallow. Luke chapter five. If you're new to the scriptures, Luke is uh, not one of the disciples. Luke was a follower of Jesus. So he saw Jesus do many miracles and witnessed his life. And then he also talked to a lot of the disciples and he wrote down the account of it. I read out of the New Living Translation. So this is one of those stories. This is when Jesus first calls his disciples, the very first disciples. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. 
he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had, had left them and they were washing their nets and stepping into one of the boats, come on somebody, isn't that great when Jesus steps in your boat? Stepping into one of the boats, this is gonna be a good day for Peter. So, uh, Jesus asked Simon, by the way, Simon, who would later become Peter. So these names can be very confusing if you're not used to hearing the scriptures. Just keep in mind, the guy named Peter in scripture, that's who this guy is before his name gets changed, okay? So Simon, he said, uh, and they pushed out into the water. So he sat in the boat, that's Jesus, and taught the crowds from there. And when, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, hey, go out where it's deeper. Let down your nets for the catch. And then Simon has this dialogue with him. Hey, we, we, we worked all night. We fished all night. We didn't, we didn't catch Jack. And that is the uh, New Living Translation. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the Oklahoma translation right there, isn't it? Like anybody a fisherman in the house? Hey, how'd it go? I didn't catch Jack. Um, and this time their nets were so full of fish. So he said, let, he, sorry, let me back up here. Let me get it right, okay? <laughs> we worked hard all last night. Didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, somebody say, but if you say so. I'll let down the nets again. This time their nets were so full, they began to tear. So he called for help and his partners came, helped him because his boat was about to sink. And then Simon Peter realized what had happened. He fell on his knees before Jesus, which is the only response that you can ever have when you recognize who Jesus is. You will never fall to your knees until you recognize who it is. If you've never bowed to the King of Kings, it's because you don't recognize who he is. So if you ever wonder, why, why do I not bow to him? Why am I not impressed by him? Why am I not in awe of him? Why do I not live in fear of him? because you don't know the King of Kings. But when you've met him and he's met you and he's changed your life, your response is worship. I haven't even started preaching yet and I am like 15 minutes in. This is going to be good. Mm. He says, leave me. I'm, I'm a sinful man. Some of y'all today, that's you. I can't have Jesus because I'm a sinful person. I mean, I don't have a place. Can I introduce you to Peter? Because mm. this was what happened. When he said, I mean, he says, I'm a sinful person. You got to get away from me. You can't use me. Go use one of these others is so much more worthy. And he says this, hey, don't be afraid. From now on, you're gonna be fishing for people. That's Jesus' response to you today. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and they followed Jesus. Father, thank you for your word today. Help us to hear the words that you want us to hear. Speak in this place. I pray peace, peace over this room. Right now, I want you to receive peace. Just, just take a deep breath of the Holy Spirit right now. Just breathe in his peace and breathe out confusion and doubt, discouragement, worry, anxiety. Rest in his peace in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Notice I didn't say you are dismissed. Well, living in Oklahoma... We are all about the lakes here, aren't we? Love the lakes. How, how many lake people? Anybody like going to the lakes? Yeah? Some of y'all like going to the lakes? Uh, there's three different types of people at the lake. Um, there are shoreline people. There are shallow end people. And then there are those that are out into the deep. 
Um, I'm a, I am a shoreline person. Where are my shoreline people? You're like, I'm staying up on the shore. Anybody like the shore? Literally no one? Okay, we got one, one, two, three. Okay, we got three. I fell, I fell alone there for a moment. I mean, I, I would wade into the water, but my shots are not up to date. So, because you know, that Oklahoma cesspool that we call Keystone, you know, um, I don't know what's lurking in there. I, I like to hang out on the shoreline with my beach chair and my sweet tea, my CCR. You know, I just love it all, you know. Some of y'all looking at me, I said CCR, not CBD. Some of y'all like, what's that pastor doing on that shoreline? No wonder he likes the shoreline. It's a fun place to be, people. Some of you are gonna have to Google, what's CCR? What is that? Later, not now while I'm preaching, Later. Uh, so how many of you would say, though, you like to get in the water, but not all the way in? You're like shallow in, get my feet wet kind of people. Where are you at? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay, we have a couple, couple. Okay, we got a few of you. Okay, a few, a few. Yeah, you like this. Because that's, that's Laura. She likes being in the shallow, which I think is hilarious because you always roll your pants up thinking you're not going to get them wet. But no matter how high you wear, you, you, you put your pants up. You're gonna get wet. Laura loves to do this thing called grounding. She takes off her shoes, gets in, and she's like grounding. And I think it's some kind of, you know, new age voodoo that she's doing. Get, she's getting in touch with Mother Earth, you know. Ooh. And she's always trying to get me to do it, but I don't like doing it because I got, I got tender feet. <laughs> and Oklahoma's rocks and things, and that just hurts. All right, how many of you like going out in the deep? You're the deep people. Yeah, all right, there they are. Most of y'all like, you like getting out there on, on the deep end. Laura does not like the deep at all because of what might be lurking below the surface. You know, when you get out in the deep, it's, and I like going out in the deep, I, I do enjoy that. But you, when you're out in the water, you ever had something like brush your leg and you're like, <laughs> and you just can't hear, help but hear in your head. And you're like, I know there are no sharks, but I've seen Sharknado, and this is Tornado Country. One could just drop out of the sky and rip my head off. So Laura, she doesn't like this. I found this out early in our marriage. Uh, we went water skiing together, and when we got there, she got out into the water, and she was doing great until the boat started pulling away to, you know, uh, take up the slack in the line, and she started freaking out. She's like, ah, 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 and I'm like, it's okay, baby. She's like, ah, is that okay? Is that? I mean, she was, she was having a panic attack, complete meltdown. I, I'm not, I, I'm, am I exaggerating? No, I'm not exaggerating. She's freaking out. I'm like, it's okay, baby. And I could tell she was not okay. And so I jumped out into the water just because that's what a good man does. You know, that's what you do. You jump out there for your woman. That's right. I'm, I got you, baby. Um, and so I get out there in the water. I'm like, it's okay. And she's like, ah. And I'm like, do you want to get back in the boat? She goes, no, 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 no. I want to try. I want to try. And I'm like, yeah, but you need to get back in the boat because I can't. And, and so she's like, no, no, I'm going to try. So, okay. So I started to swim away from her. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, well, baby, if you don't get back in the boat and I don't get back in the boat, I'm going to be out. She's like, you just stay right here. Okay. Because that's how you make it 38 years right there. I'm like, so I'm, I'm stabilizing her and I'm talking to her and encouraging her and the boat starts to pull away and, and, and then they gun it. She comes up out of the water and I swim up about 10 yards and I'm like, you okay? She's like, I'm okay. And I go, you want to get back in the boat? No, I want to try it again. Okay, all right. So they take the slack out of the rope, gun it again. 20 yards. 
Guess I'm swimming up about 20 yards. <laughs> Give me a second, honey. It's a little hard to swim in a life vest. So I swim up to where she's at, and I'm like, uh, do you want to give it? She said, oh, I think I can do this. I really want to do this. And, and I said, okay, all right. And so I said, she's going to try it again. And so she does. Say it. And, you know, and she gets up, and she is owning it, people. She is on the lake. Woo! Just like one of these. Meanwhile, I just, guess I'll just wait here then. How, how would you describe your relationship with Jesus? Would you say that you are a shoreline person? Would you say that you're a a shallow end person, or would you say that you're out in the deep with Jesus? I think for most of us here, all of us, if not most of us would say, man, I, I want to be out in the, I want to be out in the deep end with Jesus, but it's just so many unknowns. Uh, I mean, it's kind of freaky. I'm not sure what's going to happen out there. We say, things, man, I, I, I want to be out there, but I, 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 I'm not sure what he's going to ask of me. I don't know, I, I'm, but I'm going to have to give up. And, and when we do that, we end up settling for the, for the shoreline and the shallows. And meanwhile, God is calling us all out into a deep, rich, meaningful relationship with him. Peace is found in the deep. Peace is found in the deep. And I, in fact, I'd like for you to write this down because here's what peace is. Peace is about proximity and presence. Peace is about proximity and presence. The, the closer you draw into Jesus in proximity, you experience his presence and his presence is what brings peace. Peace is about proximity and presence presence. So where are you at in proximity to Jesus? Where are you at? Uh, let, let's look first at the, uh, at the shoreline. Let's look at verse one. It says, one day as Jesus was preaching on the what? Shore. On the shore. So he's preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and great crowds pressed in to listen to him and listen to the word of God. Now, what you have to understand in the context of what's happening here is these people who were gathering, they had no peace because they were the Israelites and they were being oppressed by the Romans. Not only were they being oppressed by the Romans, but they were in financial ruin. Most of them were very, very poor and, and they had no means, they had no way out and they were struggling. Sound familiar? The economy was upside down and they weren't going to get the breaks because of who they were. And so what we see here is they pressed in to Jesus. They were excited about Jesus for a couple reasons. One, 
They were waiting on the Messiah. The Jewish people had been told by the prophets of old that a Messiah was coming who would set them free from oppression. And it was believed that Jesus just might be that person. Not only that, but the people had heard about the miracles he had done and they were in great need and great want, great distress, great struggle. And they heard that, man, he could bring me peace. This is what initially draws all of us to Jesus. There's a struggle or there's a crisis that happens in our lives. And what do we do? We, we press in. We press into to proximity. And when you press into proximity to Jesus, he never disappoints. I mean, you, you, you sense that, that peace when like the people, you, you press in and you, you find that peace that you are looking for. Why? Because scripture says this, he is the living water. He is the living water that quenches the thirst of your soul. But we were never meant to hang around the shoreline because the shoreline is a very, very vulnerable place. Jesus describes the shoreline in a parable that he tells. He tells a parable about this farmer who goes and scatters a seed and the seed falls on this different types of, of soil. And, and he describes it in, in Mark's gospel, the seed being the gospel, the, the good news, the seed being the peace of God. And in Mark 4.15, Jesus says this, the seed that fell on the footpath, in other words, the seed that fell on the shoreline represents those who hear the message and say this with me, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. You ever seen one of those National Geographic specials with like the, um, the gazelles and they come up near the watering hole? And when you're watching it, you're like, oh no, this is not gonna end well. Because you know what's about to happen. You know, you, you're like, oh, oh goodness, this, no, 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 run, 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 run. Something bad's about to happen. And whenever you know something bad's about to happen, do you stop watching? No way, huh? You're like, I shouldn't watch, I should turn away. What's gonna happen? But you, you, the anticipation, you know what's gonna happen, and then, and you're like, ah! But you knew that was gonna happen. I was watching one recently, and this one had an Impala in it, not the car, the actual animal. <laughs> Guy pulls up an Impala. What's up? Uh, so, twenty-inch rims. So this Im <laughs> every Impala in these days has a twenty-inch rims. So this Impala is next to this watering hole, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, it's all by itself, and I'm like, oh no, no, this is not going to be good. And then I saw it. I saw, I saw the predator just off in the water. This is a. I took a screenshot of it. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. If you don't see it here, there it is right there. Do you see? Do you see? That's what you think it is. There ain't no log floating in the water, people. It's about to go down. And I'm like, look at the, I was like, no, run, run, little animal. Do you think that animal ran? How do you think that ended up for that animal? It did not end well. You want to see the video? Here's the video. Watch this. No, I don't have video. I What's funny is like half of you are like, oh, thank goodness. The rest of you are like, well, that's disappointing. <laughs> My goodness. 
Are you hanging around the shoreline? Are, are, you, are, you, are you getting just enough of Jesus that you can get a sip and you go away and everything in your life's okay, right? And you come back again and you, you take another, when the things aren't going well and you're dried out and the struggle comes, you go back and you take another sip and you're like, and everything just appears to be okay. And what happens is the enemy loves to just lull you into being comfortable. And he's waiting there. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, don't hang out at the shoreline. Don't hang out at the shoreline. Do not hang around the shoreline. So in Luke 5, we also see a second group of people, those in the shallow end. Look at verse 2. It says, he noticed two, say this with me, what? Empty boats at the water's edge, the shallow. For the fishermen had left them and they were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to do what? To push out into the water. Everything changes when Jesus steps into your boat. Can I get an amen on that? Everything changes. Why? Because peace is about proximity and presence. You want peace? Get Jesus in your boat. When Jesus is in your boat, no matter what is happening around you, you can have peace because of proximity and presence. So here's Simon. What I love about the picture here is that his name is Simon. We know the end of the story, but he doesn't. So he's just borrowing Jesus' boat. And so Simon, they push out into the shallow. Simon has no idea that God is about to change his name, change his identity, and change his destiny. He's going to go from Simon the fisherman to Peter the rock. And he is going to be used by God to help start the church. I think one of the hardest things for me to do was to uh, settle on a baby name for my kids. Parents, you know how hard, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to find the right name because you know they're going to be stuck with that the rest of your life. You don't have to raise your hand, but some of y'all are like, you're like, yeah, I got stuck with that name. I don't know what my parents were thinking. You don't even use your real name. You don't even, wow, Tracy, really? You're raising your hand? Mama's like, put your hand down. I wasn't asking for honesty, my friend. But sometimes you get that. Hey, parents, here, look, if, you don't, if you don't have kids yet, just, just simple process. Just eliminate every weird name. Don't name your kids something weird. Okay, that's just, don't name them something weird. Like we have two brand new babies in our church and they have got some great names. Travis and Jen, uh, they, they just named their baby Judson. Oh, that's a great name. Judson, that name Judson, man, when I think of that, I'm like, that guy is never gonna lose a bar fight. He ain't ever gonna lose no bar fight. But in the name of Jesus, he ain't ever gonna be in a bar. See how I added that? See how, see how I went there? Chad and Casey mm, had that beautiful little baby girl. Alexandria. Oh, are you, that's like royalty. Alexandria, I mean, like the next queen, right? I mean, not in line for that. I'm talking about probably more FFA, but I mean, she's gonna, she has the potential to be queen. Names, names are important because names, mean identity. Listen, when, 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 you, when Jesus stepped into your boat, he gave you a new name and he gave you a new identity. 
You have value and you have worth. You have identity that is found in Jesus. And Simon in this story, at this point, his whole identity is fisherman. That's it. So his, his worth and his value and his peace are all wrapped up in the catch. Bring the boats in, boat full of fish. Man, check this out. This is who I am. That's right. That's, that's what I did right there. Confidence, worth, value, identity. But what's happening in this story? And boats ain't full. Empty boats. He's got empty boats. And so he pulls in, he's looking at these empty boats. There ain't no peace because he's like, well... I guess this is who I am. No value, no worth. So, so often we, we get our value and our identity in the catch. Come on, somebody. We get our identity in the football team. And if they win, that's right. It's who I am. It's right. It's who we are. They lose, and suddenly you don't have any peace. You're like, why? They lost, and you're, you're all upside down for weeks. Now, I, you, I'm not actually not even kidding. I'm just talking about preaching truth here. Your team loses. You're jacked up for days. You got to ask yourself, wait a minute, why am I all jacked up? I can tell you why you're all jacked up because your identity is in that emblem and in that team. Ain't nothing wrong with having a favorite team. I mean, we can't all have the great team like I have the team, the Raiders. Sometimes we all have... But, my, but, but I told Curtis, Curtis come up to me pumping his chest at me today. Hey, who's the only 0-2 team, team in our division right now? Blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, I'm gonna be talking about that today. You know what? Because my identity ain't in my team. My identity is in Jesus. Now I am preaching. <laughs> but Laura remembers the day. Man, my Raiders have been long, bad a long time, people. They've been bad a long, long time. I mean, long time. And I, I, I could go days with no peace, frustrated. Like, what's wrong with me? Why? Because my identity was wrapped up in that. Some of you, it's not football. You care less about football, but it's your job. It's jobs going good? Man, it's who I am. Check me out. Look how jobs not going so good. I guess this is who I am. I guess this is all I'll ever be. This is as good as it's going to get. You have no peace. You have no value. You have no worth. Sometimes it can be your marriage. It can be your kids. Your kids making good decisions. That's right. That's who I am. Look at me. And you have peace and you feel really good. But your kids start making bad decisions. And then suddenly you're all jacked up because, well, I guess that's who I am. I don't want anybody to know who I am. You have no peace and you have no identity because your identity needs to be found in Jesus. What is your identity wrapped up in? So Jesus talks about this in Mark 4, 18, back at the story of the farmer and the seed. He said, the seed that fell among the thorns, the seed that fell in the shallow, represents others who hear God's word and all too quickly, all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and say it with me, what? The lure of wealth and the desire for other things. The, the lure and the desire for the catch. In the song, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga said it this way. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? And then she turns and she says, well, tell me something, boy. Aren't you, aren't you tired of trying to fill that void? Don't settle for the shallow. 
Come on, encourage somebody around you. Tell them, don't settle for the shallow. Don't settle. Don't settle for the shallow. God wants to take you out into a deep, rich, meaningful relationship with him. So let's talk about the deep for a moment here. In verse four, let's go back to Luke's gospel and verse four. Jesus said to Simon, now go out where it is what? Deeper. Go out where it is deeper. Right now, our core groups are all going through core growth. I, I love this time of year because we're all centered, we're all focused on the same thing. And we're all talking about these eight core practices. And these are, these are practices that help you to live in the deep. Because, because remember, peace is about proximity and presence. And it's not these practices that bring peace, but it's these practices that move you into the deep where you experience that peace. And in your groups this week, you're gonna be talking about two of them specifically that really help you to live in the deep. The first is persistent prayer. The core practice of persistent prayer. We, we see this with Peter. Pete's talking to Jesus and they, they go out into the deep and they're having this conversation. By the way, that's what prayer is. Prayer is not complicated. It's a conversation with God. You don't have to get all fancy about it. It's just talking to God. And so Peter's having this conversation with, with Jesus and, and Jesus is like, hey, I want you to let down your nets. And, and he's like, and he starts having this, not argumentative, but just like debate with Jesus. Like, why are you debating Jesus? But come on, don't we all debate Jesus? He's asking some of you to do something and you're saying, I tried that, it didn't work. He's asking some of you to go out into the deep and you say, but I don't want to because I don't know where you're gonna take me. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know if I can handle it. And you're having this debate with him. Meanwhile, God is wanting to fill your boat full of peace. And so you're not at peace. You're not at rest. There is no shalom in your boat because you're not willing to go out deep. Peter goes out deep and I love Peter's response. He says this, if you say so. That has got to be your answer to Jesus. If you wonder, am I in the deep? That's an easy answer right there. You can just say, is that my answer right there? If you say so. Anytime Jesus asks you to do something and your response is, if you say so, I can promise you, you are set in sail for deep waters. You're headed to the place where God wants you. And prayer is this conversation and it's inviting, it's, it's experiencing the presence of God and the proximity of God. And when you're in prayer, anybody ever done this? You're all upside down, you're all messed up and then you start to pray. I've been jacked up for two days over something. Jacked up. Waking up in the middle of the night thinking about it. And every single time I've had to take it to prayer because it's the only way I know to say, God, I need you to do something that I can't do anything about. And I'm having this conversation, whatever you want, God, and his peace never fails to come in. The other core practice is godly friendships. We practice our godly friendships in, in core groups. And we see this here in the story is that uh, the nets, they were so full that Pete calls for his buddies. And when he calls out for his buddy, he's like, hey, 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 a little help here because his boat is about to sink. It's going, his boat is going to sink if his buddies don't help. That's what's gonna happen. He's, hey, Peter and John are within earshot. Peter and John are within proximity. 
they hear him, they come over, they grab a hold of the nets, and together, come on somebody, together they bring those nets into the shore. That, my friends, is what peace is about. It's about practicing shalom, like somebody needs you. This is why you're in a core group. Most of us join a core group for ourselves. That's just the truth. I join it for myself. But can I challenge you today to think of someone else? You, maybe you're in that group for someone else. Why? Because somebody in this house is yelling for help. And if you're not in close proximity, you can't help. So if you're a follower of Jesus and you're not in a core group, you're like, good luck. I'm just going to preach it like it is. If you're not in a core group, you're basically saying, hey, and if you're not surrounded by godly friendships, you're basically saying, hey, good luck to y'all. Hope you can pull them nets in. Why? Because you, you, you can't hear somebody when they're yelling for help. But can I flip it around the other side? There's going to be moments when you yell for help. Help. Is there not anybody that will help me? And it echoes out and no one hears it because you're not in close proximity. See, because when we gather in our groups, it's not about friendship so much as it is about godly friendships. You bring the presence of God in that group. You bring shalom into that group. You remember the story when the disciples were afraid and, and, and they locked the doors after Jesus was crucified and they were freaking out and they knew that they were next and they were next and they, they're coming for us and Jesus walks through the wall into the room and they're all like, whoo! And the first thing Jesus says to them is shalom. That's what you do when you walk in the room to your core group. Somebody in, your room, in that room is calling out for help and you show up at a core group and what you're doing in that moment when you show up is you're saying, Shalom, I'm here. How can I help? It's also a place when you're in a group and you yell for that help. There are others there in that group to help you carry the burden of the load. Jesus talked about the deep in Mark chapter four, verse 20, the parable of the farmer and the seed. You stand if you're able to, let's stand together. It says this, the seed that fell on good soil. The seed that fell in the deep represents those who hear and accept God's word and they produce a harvest of 30, 60, even a, a hundred times as much as had been planted. I, I, I like the shoreline, but truthfully, I really like the deep as well because I, I'm watching people out in, in the deep and I kind of, honestly, when I'm at the lake, I, I, I want to be out there because they, they're having so much fun out there. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you can, you can hear them. You ever been on the shoreline and you can hear people giggling on their little lily pad? You're like, I'm good. I got my little blow up. I'm good. You see people riding by on, in their pontoon. They're like, yeah, woo, got the music blurred. And you're like, oh man, I would love, I'd love to, I'd love to be out there. I think we all want to be out there in, in the deep because that's, that's where, that's where the peace is. We, we did a breakfast and baptism a couple weeks ago. 
Man, that was so much fun. It was so good. So many incredible baptisms that day. It was so powerful out in that lobby. I mean, it was electric, wasn't it? And it was just insanely amazing watching all of these people who are committing their lives to God and God's family. And baptism is a symbol of the deep. Because you, 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 you go down under the water, you are completely immersed in the deep to come up to new life. That is a picture of what God wants to do for you today. Are, are, you, are you on the shoreline? Are you hanging around the, the, the shallow? God is inviting you today into a deep, rich, meaningful relationship with Him. We hope the message you heard both encourages you and inspires you. Yeah, we'd love for you all to come and see us at Core Church at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us, there are links in the description below. Thanks again for joining us online.